Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian and unfortunately Lockie isn't with me this week so it's a bit of a solo pod and with that I think we'll do things a little bit differently this week. I'm, I'm going to need someone else to bounce off so we're going to go straight into the listener questions to kick things off right here and Look, there is plenty to talk about after a really poor showing against the Saners. It's now back-to-back losses. We lose by 22 points at Marvel Stadium. And there's a lot of questions about the game plan around Bossy. So I think we'll kind of start there. And we'll start with one from Shane Davis who says, 80 more disposals, 40 more marks, 20 more contested possessions, 70 more uncontested possessions, Chera 39 disposals, Walsh 38, Akers 36, Cripps 34, If you get beaten by 22 points, how does that happen? And, you know, there's a few kind of on this. I'll sort of say all the questions then. We'll get talking about the game plan because Blues Footy, um, B-L-E-U-S, not to get mistaken by the great podcast, but another great man here, Blues Footy, says, slow footy doesn't win championships these days. How much longer do we lean into this failing game plan before the higher-ups realize they've bottled the coaching decision Again, and Anne-Marie has asked, why are we afraid to kick down the guts? Why is our team afraid full stop? And yeah, there's so many there's so many issues, unfortunately, with the way that we're playing at the moment. And it's just, I think the most frustrating part of why I'm so annoyed with how we're playing currently. Obviously, it's not getting wins. And when we are getting wins, they don't look pretty. And I think it just comes down to that we're not playing to our strengths right now. We're playing this slow, controlled, methodical game style, this kick mark. And I just don't think it it works with us. I mean, you look at the St. Kilda and what they're doing right now, they're trying to, with some personnel out, they've started with this really defensive game plan, get the structure right, and then build upon that. Get the positioning right. And they know they don't have the tools, so they're going with these smalls and, and trying to get it in quick in this fast, rebounding football that works with the plays that they've got and kind of works with, how the AFL is being played right now. Everyone's playing this fast brand of football. And I think we're, we're us and Frio are like the only teams that are trying to play this slow game style. And I just don't think it works for us. You look at the, what we have and we don't have a team that is great ball users. And particularly with our injuries right now, with Saad, with Boyd, with, I mean, you may potentially throw Doherty in there. I don't think he's the best kick, but he gets the ball moving for us. And uh, we just don't. I don't think we have the players. You look at our midfield, they're these strong contested bulls. So it kind of makes sense where Voss started out this journey saying we need to be this strong contested side. And that's fine as a base. We all agreed. Yes. Get us, get us an identity of playing hard football and then expand on that. And the expansion seems to have been this slowed game style. And and I just don't, I don't get it because if you want to play this game style one, you obviously have to be really good by foot. I just don't think we are that. I don't think many teams in the AFL really are. It's it's so hard to do this for multiple multiple reasons. One of the reasons it's hard to play this game style is you have to work really hard for it. You look at St. Kilda, when you take and slow the game down, you take time off it, it gives the opposition an allowance, so much free time to just sit back and adjust and go, okay, We'll structure off back here. We've got this sorted. We have we've blocked the space. There is no room now for you because you've allowed them time to set up defensively. St. Kilda under Ross Lyon, any Ross Lyon team is going to be great defensively set up. And honestly, a lot of teams in AFL are. And if you give them so much time, they're going to be. So with that, you've got to then work so much harder. And something we were trying to do with this a lot, which the, the fans at the game were getting so frustrated with, simply was that, 
when we got the ball, it was, okay, let's switch. Let's go wide. And St. Kilda were great at blocking that corridor, forcing us to have to go wide. It was the only space left in the ground. And when you do that, you have to open the game up in other facets. Okay, we've switched it. We've spread the space, but you have to work harder up the ground to create more options. And I just don't think we do that. We're not a super hardworking side. So why, again, are we, are we playing a game style that requires this? That's it's just such a weird element. And even if we were a super hardworking side, it you have to work so much harder. If you're playing this slow style, it's I feel like I'm repeating myself, but to have to work so hard, harder than any other team in the AFL to create space where there isn't any, to continually stretch oppositions, it's gonna tie you out. And I just I'm not sure that that's the right way to do it. And it's really frustrating when you hear Vossi say that, yeah, the method is 100 percent like it's it's right it's the execution that's not going right and I, there's a quote from brad lloyd that i read this morning saying it's just an execution thing skill level and executing in the moment so clearly they're all happy with the method and, and the game style that we are playing in i i just don't think i am and i don't think a lot of carlton supporters are and when every other team wants to play this fast exciting chaos brand of football and we're one of the only ones that aren't Obviously, it raises some eyebrows, and I don't think I'm necessarily that annoyed that we just aren't following and doing what everyone else is because sometimes that's where the evolution is. That's where the team that's ahead of the curve, if you're just copying everyone else and trying to get everyone else's identity, I think that's where you can also fall into some issues. But if you're doing something that's against the grain, you've got to be bloody good at it. And I'm just not sure that we are. Our leading patterns are bad. Our work rate's bad. Our kicking is bad. And it'll just it allowed St Kilda to just play into their strengths because all they you you look at the stats that were rattled off there, you know, we won just about every single stat. Eighty six more disposals, seventy three more uncontested, thirty nine marks. We controlled the ball, but we didn't control the game at all. I don't think anyone could say that we controlled the game because look, we could have had three hundred more disposals, and I think that would have just allowed us to to lose by more. St Kilda wanted us to have the ball; they were happy to have us have the ball because they knew two things. One, we're eventually going to cock it up. We are not good enough by foot, particularly with the way that St. Kilda trust their defensive structures. They knew if we, they did the right thing, we block, they blocked it off the corridor. There's no chance that Carlton were going to, to chip through this. They know we're not that skilled aside. And because of the time it allows them to set up, they were licking their lips going, oh, how good's this? Rubbing their hands together going, well, we know they're going to stuff it up. And when they do, we have set up perfectly for the rebound. And for whatever reason, when we have the ball, we have all this time to figure out how we're moving it. And then when we turn it over, somehow, even though it's so obvious that we're eventually going to do it, when we lose possession, it's like we're so easy to get transitioned against. Like we haven't set up at all to do it. And I don't know, it's, it's another element of this game plan that is clearly evolving. And I want to give some time to it, but... It's why we're all as angry as we are this season. The expectation last year was finals. We just missed out. You could kind of say, okay, you made ninth. It wasn't perfect. We build on it. You got another preseason. The coaching group, it was only one. Sometimes it takes time to gel. We'll evolve. We'll get some more players in. We'll find out what we need. It's hard sometimes for, for a new coach, new coaching group, new everything to come in and, instill their game style. Sometimes there's elements that they go, okay, we need to get this in the draft. We need to trade players in because the game style I want to play, we don't have the players for. Right now, Vossi, 
the game style that we want to play, we do not have the players for. And I'm not sure the players are going to be out there because trying to get a whole team of guys who can use the ball that amazing by foot, all bloody Sam Mitchell's out there. I'm sorry to break it to you. It's not going to happen. And if we play to our strengths, if we go the other other direction, what are Carlton's strengths? What like we actually think about it? For me, it's it's the two fo- tall fo- forwards down there. Clearly, you need to get the ball into them. You need to get space for these guys. We've got midfielders that are big, strong, and want to get that ball out. When do we play our best football last year? It's when we're handballing, quick, fast handballing change. The way everyone else is playing, because. I worry about, and we'll get into the small forwards, we'll get into sort of losing it against transition. And sometimes you've just got to fight fire with fire and say, we've got to take this game on. We've got to go quick. And looking at that, there are elements to this slow, methodical game plan that I haven't minded because sometimes I think you do need another gear because last season we got we got burnt so many times going the other way. And that's probably where Voss sees it, where this coaching group have looked at how we play, looked at the personnel and thought they need another element. These guys are getting burnt because we're going too fast at stages and we need to learn to slow it. But we've gone too far the other way. We have gone too slow and there needs to be dynamics of this. We need to almost learn when to go fast, when to go slow. But by the looks of things and what Vossi is saying is there isn't a look to go fast. That's alarming. That is alarming because, yeah, we don't have the foot skills to carve teams up. And it just, it just creates more pressure on everyone else because if teams push back more into the space, there is less space to be created. And if we've got to work harder to create patterns, to create space, to drag the opposition into certain areas, then more time for the guy in possession of it, less options for him, pressure. And that's all it is. And that's why these forward entries are so bad inside 50. It's why we're having to bomb it in. It's why we're not having smooth transitions. It's why we're turning the ball over. It just puts more pressure on everything. And if you try to move the game fast, if you try to cut teams open by running through the middle with fast handballs, I mean, look at round one last year, the forward handball from stoppage. It opens things up. That's what we've got. We've got these inside balls that can do this. We need that other outside layer. And I thought we had this by getting in acres, by getting in Hollands, by getting in bins. An evolution of Fisher getting into this midfield, which my God, we'll get into him at some stage. I thought... We were working on this and it seems we've gone completely the other way. And when you're not moving the ball fast, when all you're doing is kick mark, I just don't think you're allowing the opportunity of getting into your key forwards quick enough because when you're moving it slow, they can set up. And it's just, I just don't get it. I just, oh, it's frustrating. And it feels at the moment like we are not, getting beaten by a better team. You know, I can you can accept losses at times because you're not going to win every single game throughout the year. There's going to be better teams than us. We know we're not the finished article. We know that we are not the perfect outfit. But we think we're good enough to play finals. We think that there's a possibility with the top-end talent on this list that we can get near top four if everything works out. The moment last week and this week, I didn't go and watch that game and think, man, St. Kilda were just too good. Man, Adelaide are just so miles ahead of us, better at football than us, better players. I didn't think that. I didn't think we got beaten by a better team in that sense. I thought we'd get beaten by system. I'm looking. 
at the screen. I'm looking at the game and I'm thinking our system does not match up with anyone else. And all the deficiencies, all the reasons that all the bad things are happening right now is because of our system and how it matches up to everyone else. And, and Voss even kind of alludes to this. He's saying we're coming up against different defenses. Uh, last week we got beaten by this. This week we got beaten by this. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to get beaten every single week if you keep playing your system because everyone's got different elements that work against what you're building. And like, I'll try and find the other fan question here, the listener question. Because, <sighs> oh, it's just, it's so frustrating. It is so goddamn frustrating that we're like, how many? Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Sorry, Blues footy. How much longer do we lean into this failing game plan before the higher ups realize they've bottled the coaching decision again? And and I we'll get into a bit more of that coaching around Voss because I know there's some questions about it and what happens if we fail this year and, and all of that. But how many times do you continue with this and not adjust it and it keeps failing? Because so far this season, I have not seen a game of football from start to finish that I've gone. Perfect, it worked. Even the Geelong game, where it, I think we were good for most of it, last quarter we struggled. It didn't necessarily feel like we were playing a heaps of that methodical slow game plan. I thought when we were best was when we were moving the ball fast, when we we're getting these quick transitions. And I can understand there's some personnel missing. We don't have Saad, don't have Doherty. Things have been moving around a little bit. But that's not an excuse. We're coming up against St. Kilda that have half their team out. They're finding ways to do it. They have got a game plan that works with their players and they're sticking to it. And look what they're doing. They're miles ahead of us right now. And I'm trying to be optimistic in a sense that things can turn, things can evolve. It's so early in the season. I'd much rather have these questions now than at round 15 because you can always build, you can adjust. But my worry right now is that Vossi isn't adjusting, that his coaching group is sticking to their guns almost negligently, not realizing that it's not working and saying it's just because they're not executing. And that's fine to say. I understand that, okay, the players aren't executing what's happening right now. They're, they're potentially trying the right things, but it's just the execution of it. But that's not what I'm seeing. And maybe we're all delusional as a fan base and we just don't understand football, but I'm seeing a side continually not execute kicks that I've never seen us be able to execute ever. And a game plan that even if we did execute it, I'm not sure it 100% works anyway. Those are the concerns. And because of that, you know, George Angelus asked the question, if, Voss, if, we, if we miss finals again, do they pull the trigger on the coaching? And like how a lot of people will are in this camp that are going like, Jesus Christ, what happens here if, if this doesn't work? And, is this the right coach? Should we have gone Ross the boss? Should we have gone Clarkson, Kingsley? What have we done? Have we gone the wrong guy again and pan gone the panic station side of it? And I don't blame anyone for doing it because I think questioning what's going on currently, it feels a lot more coaching than personnel, even though we can all probably agree that the list isn't perfect. But what we all think is that we're not getting enough out of it. Seeing in particular the matchup that was this week in Ross line, getting the most out of a St. Kilda list that we all say isn't that good. And with their injuries is even worse. And look what they're able to do and thinking, my God, what we could have had if that was working for us. And you can live in ifs and buts and all of that kind of stuff. What ifs and, and what it could have been. There's a chance that we get Ross and it's all shit. 
there's a chance of that. So I'm not, I don't want to dive too much into that because I think that that's just wasted energy. And there's so many people that are going to look at the positives and say that it's time, give them time. There is a chance this turns around. We've sacked so many coaches before, but if we continue to play a game style that doesn't suit the crop that we have, if we continually put in the same performances, we don't get wins. Like what do you do at the end of the season? And I'm not sure. I genuinely don't know what you can do. I think that a lot of the coaches you probably would have brought in if this all failed, they're all taken now. So do you just stick with it? Or do you boldly make a call And when you've realized that this he isn't the right guy? And I don't know if we're there yet. I think we're still a little early. But I think we're at that point where we need to be asking questions about what is going on. That's healthy. That, for me, is healthy. Because there's there's clearly issues. It's coaching issues more than anything else. Ross was able to adjust in that game. Cripper's getting a hold of things. Jack Steele is not 100% yet. He isn't. It's his first game back in a long time. Okay, go back to that tagging role. Try to stop Cripps because he's getting a hold of us here and he's doing a lot in that midfield for Carlton. And amazingly, it stops us. And they try to do different things. Okay, Sinclair is maybe not getting as much into the game, rebounding off that halfback. Let's put him into the midfield, see if that frees him up a little bit and changes things. And they made some moves. And look, credit to Voss. I will say one thing to Vossi and the coaching group. I thought that... The JSOS role on Callum Wilkie worked really well. We sort of stopped his influence being able to intercept and float off, made him a bit more accountable. Thought that that was a tick. Didn't 100% love JSOS's game. He gets a couple of goals, but look, that role I enjoyed. And at stages, particularly in that first half, mate, Charlie and Harry looked like they were about to have a field day. They were just going to blow this game open. But then we just we could not get the ball movement into them. They really stifled the way we were doing it and the credit to St. Kilda, like credit to them. We just, we just couldn't do it. And yeah, for me, it's not season over. I'm not saying that right now, but if this is the plan and this is how we're sticking to it and there's no evolution on what we're currently doing and all these problems are going to keep going this season, we stick to this. It could be soon, which is the alarming side of this really. And, and uh, the listeners are, are, very frustrated. I can sense it. And there's quite a few questions again, going down that real negative spiral, talking about the list, talking about the re- rebuild and Anthony, a long time listener, lone wolf fan has asked, have we overrated our list? Have we, got, we've got top stars, but do we have a great team? Do we need to start overhauling this again? Um, Adrian Sal scoops or, or maybe we're starting to call him Soge as well. We've got a, I need Lockie involved in this. We've got to nail down this man's nickname. He gets so many scoops for us. He's our, I think we almost need to start employing him just for the Navy Blue Corner because, yet again, he's come out and said that Voss may be lying a little bit here because he was at this clinic during last week and De Koning was fine. No no signs of illness there. And that's the kind of scoops we're after. But he asks, is this the result of a failed rebuild? Um, and, and further on, I guess, talking about personnel, talking about that maybe bottom end of the list. Mickey C has put in and said, how bad are our reserves when Fish, Honey, Ed, and Silvani get selected every week? I know Silvani is loved by us, but you know, does he, what does he bring? And he's slow. He can't mark or kick a goal. Negatives outweigh the positives. Same with Ed. The other two, unsure what the positives are. And all these questions, when things aren't going well, everything gets questioned. Game plan is getting dissected. And the personnel is also getting dissected. And it's, it's tough. It's tough questions. I feel we need to get past this 
failed rebuild and it's hard because we're looking at what's been not successful for this many years. And it's hard to it's hard to separate what was and what is and trying to move forward. That's my idea. My idea right now is trying to look at what players we have, what system we think we want to play, how do we get to that grand final team? Because you're always evolving. Every team's evolving. The rebuild thing is kind of only when you go, okay, we're not in the window right now. We need to get rid of the top talent that's not going to be there when we're competing in five years. I don't think we're there. We are definitely not there. We need this continued evolution. And, and I know Lockie agrees with me on that one because we've talked about this off pod quite a bit and talking about what's rebuild, what's not, what do we need to do? And and we could almost spend this whole episode diving into the list, diving into where we need to improve what the players are and make this a whole list analysis thing. And maybe if we lose to West Coast, it's going to have to be that because this podcast feels like a repeat of last week. And half of it feels like a repeat of David Teague days where I'm just questioning everything. What's good? Who's good? I don't understand. And looking at the players right now, looking at the overhaul and where things are needed, there is a spine clearly to this list. There are clear issues. I think you're looking at the key pillars throughout that spine, forwards, mids. There's enough there. You've got McGovern. If you can stay fit as that intercept, it's clearly an issue we need depth for with Marchbank injured. Halfbacks, we've got a few, a lot are injured. We'll see how that works. I thought Chincotta was quite good this week. Debut. Look to continually try to take that game on. And I mean, let's talk about the halfbacks as my brain is trailing onto that thought. His game style, it's so hard. And a lot of people are bashing our ball movement out of D50, but I think like so much of our, our ball movement in transition work is generated by these guys. They're doing their best. Like, what can you expect when they bring the ball out and they've got nothing and they have nothing and no one is moving, no one's creating space and they switch it and they've still got nothing. There were times where I felt so bad for Blake Akers. He didn't necessarily have the best game, but I just saw him pointing and getting frustrated that there was nothing in front of him. And like credit to St. Kilda for that. But we just, what is our structure for it? If we're wanting to play this methodical game style, what's the structure around where players are meant to be? Because clearly they're not there. Clearly they're not there. And we've got this like fear, as as Anne-Marie was saying, as far as taking on that corridor. We just refuse to do it. And there's sort of two things you can do when a team's defensively set up so well. It's either attack that corridor, go for it, and try to open them up that way, or you test them out wide. And clearly they tested us out wide. Because that's St. Kilda. That St. Kilda defensively is saying, we're setting up here. You can you have two options. Go wide, and we can choke you out to the width. And you can't come back in. And you've got to be absolutely perfect by foot. Or go for the corridor. You turn it over. We'll get the ball. That's what that's the, that's what teams do. That's what every team does. And Kilda do really well. And we just chose to keep going wide. It didn't look like we even wanted to go the corridor. And that's that's just so frustrating. I think frustrating is going to be the, the key word of this one. Take a sip every time I say the word frustrating, to be honest. Because... You look at a team like Hawthorne developing right now. They are so not a good team yet, clearly in this rebuild phase. They're like the number one team for taking the corridor on. They're building that element from the start. What are we doing? What are we building on right now? We should have a list that is able to do that. 
And clearly we don't have the elements. Like, let's go to small forwards. That's where I want to go because this is what Mickey C is talking about. Fish, Honey, Ed, JSOS. There's a fair few of these guys to talk about. And, uh, God. Fisher, let's start. 22 disposals, 15 kicks, 7 handballs. Better getting more kicks than handballs. Something I was talking about a few weeks ago. 8 marks, 6 turnovers, 7 score involvements, 0 tackles, 0 goals. Gee, the stats don't look too bad in elements for Fisher, but you dig deeper, you watch the game. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what Fisher's trying to bring currently. It's not working. And I've said, I don't think the way we're playing this game plan is working for these guys. Fisher is a burst fast player. He's not someone that's a methodical ball mover that he's going to work in a slow game style, a controlled game style. Fisher's chaos. Look at round one last year, what we talk about, that Sydney game. Those quarters, that last quarter, and I think it was like the second quarter or whatever it was against Sydney, we piled on like nine goals. It was chaos fast footy. That is Carlton at our best. This listed it's our, at our best. Playing this slow style game style is not working for Fisher. It's why he's been shit this season. And also there's a, probably other reasons he just hasn't been playing well and he needs to have a time in the twos at this stage. What he is bringing isn't good enough, but I don't think we're playing to our strengths. And, and Durden... I thought it was probably one of the better smalls. Seven disposals, five tackles, 18 pressure acts, one goal, one score involvement. Thought pressure-wise he was one of the better ones, but not putting enough on the scoreboard. One goal and only one score involvement isn't enough. Motlop thought he had a stinker. Six disposals, three tackles, 10 pressure acts, zero goals, two score involvements. Honey, my God, 10 disposals, four marks, one tackle, seven pressure acts, no goals. Ed Kernow playing a, a lot more of a forward role, five disposals. Four kicks, one handball, which should not be what Ed's doing. Two marks, one tackle, four score involvements, 12 pressure acts. And collectively, you bundle them up. What's going on with these smalls? Currently, ineffective at pressure. Ineffective at stopping the opposition rebound. We can't move the ball forward from defensive half, from kick-ins. Get the ball, we're struggling. St. Kilda, every single time. One kick, 30 meters. They're away. We are playing catch up. We are the guy from behind has to run up to put pressure on, and it's just kick over, kick over, kick over into the space. How many times did St. Kilda transition that way? How many times does every team transition that way? That starts, there's two things that for that reason starts at that forward line. There is the, the structure, pressure, everything from those small forwards is not enough. They are nowhere. They're nowhere defensively. When we win the ball, they're nowhere either. They're pushing up too high. They're in the wrong spots. They're blocking the leading lanes. Their leading patterns are nowhere. It's just, I don't know what it is. And some of it, can you say it's just inexperience and, and youth? Like, that, is that a list problem? Or should they be doing more? Like, I just have so many questions that I don't have answers to that if you guys have answers, drop them in the comments. If, if you're watching on YouTube, Please drop a like, please drop a subscribe. I'm having to do this by myself, so it's a hard one. So I'd love to, to get some feedback on what I'm talking about. And the second part of my podcast will be jumping in those comments and, and trying to answer them. And if you're on socials, if you're if you listening to on streaming, jump on the socials at Navy Blue Corner, tweet at us, message us on Insta or on Facebook. We'll, we'll try to um, just talk to you guys as much as possible and get those responses happening because we're in a weird spot. Morale's low, confidence is low. And, and with these small forwards, I don't know what it is. Clearly, we need high half forwards because they're just not impacting the game. There's a list issue 
But sometimes when you know that this is an issue, when you know your list doesn't have key personnel to potentially play a certain way, you have to adjust. You have to come up with a game plan that works with what you have. Currently, we're not doing that. And with these small forwards, not only is there no pressure and they're struggling defensively, there's no score creation. They are inefficient at creating scores. None of them really kick goals. None of them produce plays that create goals. And they're ineffective at crumbing. They're not getting in the right spots for us. It is just a systematic and personnel failure on all fronts for our small forwards. And it's hurting everything. For us to be good right now, we need everything working as one. And that area of the ground's not working. That puts more pressure on the midfield that I don't think is working amazingly. Puts more pressure on the defense. Probably the only thing that's working well. And they're trying to transition the ball the other way. And the mids aren't doing it great. And the forwards aren't helping. And it's just a it's just a shit show on all fronts right now. And alarm bells are ringing for most. And they're ringing for me currently. It can be fixed. It can be fixed. There is a long time in this season. But we need to have a hard look at this. And someone at this football club, because clearly, I don't know. I don't know if it's just Vossi talking. His nonsense. Because the way he talks in press conferences is not the way I like getting spoken to. That's starting to get frustrating. It feels like that Teague just, you know, you listen to Ross, you listen to other coaches and they kind of tell you how it is. They'll tell you what's not going right. They'll be very specific. It's kind of not doing that at the moment. And that's getting very annoying to say the least. Not getting enough feedback from the coach, not being able to admit that things aren't working, but someone at this football club needs to be asking questions about how we're playing the method, because if they think that this method's good, oh my God, we could be in trouble, genuinely. And I don't want to overreact because there's a chance we go out next week against West Coast and play the best football ever. Obviously, West Coast aren't the best opposition. That next run is so vital. I I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but it's like Brisbane, Dogs, Melbourne, Collingwood, Sydney. We play all those top eight teams in a row, those teams fighting for that top eight. If we're not right, my God, that's going to be grim. So that's going to be our test. That's going to be our challenge. Seeing we've got a sample size now. We've got a big enough sample size this season to know what's not working. It's up to them to turn it around. Because if they don't turn it around in this next bunch of games, if we lose majority of those, get only like one one win, that's just not good enough. And that's you think the people are coming for you now. Imagine it then, and so much of this, I want to pivot the conversation a little bit, and it goes to accountability. We're not happy with the system. We don't necessarily think the personnel work for this system, but there's far too many players who aren't performing that are getting picked every week. This was our biggest criticism of the David Teague era, accountability at selection. And let's go to this quote that everyone is talking about now. You will have heard it. From Mason Wood. Mason Mason fucking Wood from St. Kilda. Ross has turned him into one of the worst footballers in the world, getting delisted by Buddy North. Now he's playing, he's an all-Australian winger. Seriously. And he has said, the thing with Ross is that he wants something to happen. And if you're not the guy to do it, we'll bring someone else in. And that is the sort of selection integrity that goes a long way. What are we doing right now? And, and I, we and Lockie have been in the boat and we've, we've spoken about this quite a bit. When you make team selections and you want someone out, 
You've got to have someone that can come in for him. And that has clearly been the issue at the moment when you're looking at the small forwards, you're looking at the Zach Fishers, Jack Silvanis. We, we don't have half forwards. We don't have small forwards. We don't have people that can come in that are fit or that even exist on this list that play a lot of those roles. However, there comes a time when a guy like Zach Fisher and a guy like Josh Honey that are performing, that have not really put in any good performances this whole season, that continually get selected, that you've just got to cut ties and say, I don't care who comes in. You can't get selected. You cannot continue to be rewarded and feel like there is zero pressure on your position in this team. Because what are they? What do you expect? If you keep saying like what you're bringing to the table is fine and all good, then of course you're not going to be getting better results. And at the moment, there's a lot of guys in these in the twos in the VFL that whether they're 100% like for like position, they're doing something. Paddy Dow, I hate to bring him up, but the man's gotten getting 40 possessions every week. He's kicking goals. He's actually running defensively for once. His tackle pressure and ability to spread has been a lot better than I've seen it. What do you do? Do you just not reward it? Like, what's George Hewitt bringing at the moment? I love George Hewitt, but he's either injured or severely out of form. But either way, if someone, and drop it in the comments, tweet at us, whatever you want to do, I want to know if there is someone out there that believes this. But right now, do you believe that you would get less out of Paddy Dow than you're currently getting out of George Hewitt? If someone actually thinks that, you're entitled to that opinion. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to have a discussion because right now I don't think it can get worse. So reward someone that's putting effort in. You know, Jackson Binns is dominating on that wing, can play a bit of high half forward, wants to take the game on, loves kicking. You want to play a methodical kick style, maybe get a hard worker that runs and that kicks. Bring him into the team. Because you're high half, and play him high half forward switching on the wing because Zach Fisher's not doing it. Switch those two. Lockie Fogarty. Someone I didn't think I'd ever be talking about again on this podcast, to be honest, and not someone I necessarily would love to bring in because I just, I don't think his ceiling's higher. I don't think he's that good a footballer. But right now he's doing something in the twos and there are guys in the ones that aren't. For me, you, you do that Ross line mentality of this guy's busting his ass doing something. You're not doing what I asked, so you're out. He's in. Worst case, it's shit for a week. It, but I, sometimes I don't think it can be worse than it currently is. So reward the, the effort in the VFL and make people pull the finger out. There are too many guys currently getting picked. Ed Kerno, I, I hate to I talk about him every single week. He, I'm fine with him coming in as a depth option for our midfield. But currently, he's not a midfielder. He's playing in that forward line. He is not a forward. He's kicking the ball more than he's handballing it. He's getting no touches, no tackles, no goals. He's non-existent. I did not think... I'd be sitting here in 2023 saying Ed Kerno's played like every single game this year. I don't know what we're doing. I don't, I don't know what we're doing. I don't think he suits the game style we're trying to play. I don't think he suits the game style I want to play. But these are the things. You've got guys that just continually rock up every week and get their spot. And instead of backing our system to an extent where player comes out, you bring in a replacement who's been playing that position in the twos. McGovern out, plowman in. Not the same position. Kemp is that guy. Doherty comes out. It's Chera and Kennedy to the defense. Now, if I see, this is my rant of the week. This is Ian's rant of the week, if this whole episode hasn't been that. If I see Matt Kennedy play halfback ever again for Carlton, I will throw up all over myself. 
Like, you are kidding me. It's not necessarily even that bad there, but what? why are we doing it? Why are we doing that? I'm sure there is someone else you can play there who's going to generate some runoff halfback. A few goals were at the fault of him because he's not a defender. Baffles me. Trust the system. Bring in players that are playing that role in the twos. You should have someone almost in every single position in the twos ready to come in to play that role when someone's not performing. There needs to be integrity. Last week, there was like no changes at all. And speak about transparency issues that go to this accountability. No one's holding the club to account currently because Deconing gets managed and immediately, obviously, the club surely would have to know that the rhetoric around this is like, oh, yeah, you've said managed, but you've omitted him. You've dropped him. Clearly, that's what everyone's thinking. And the conspiracy theories are going to come out from all of us saying, okay, well, they have to say this because of the contract situation. He's clearly been dropped. And then, like, later in the week, like, at all of a sudden, he's not playing in the twos, which, like, they don't really tell you anything around that. And it starts to come out. Someone actually asks the question. And it's only when you ask the question you get an answer. It's, oh, no, he was sick all week. Mate, our man scoops Adrian Sal said he wasn't sick this week. He was fine at the clinic. So maybe that isn't the case. But even if he was sick, just come out and say he's sick and he's a bit sore and we're managing him. Because you know what stories are going to come out about it. So just be on the front foot. It just seems odd that like the club just allow all this chatter that they could easily just stop immediately. And then in the twos, all of a sudden, Durden Lemmy out. Mate, Carlton fans are getting our news from uh, nameless leaks pages on Twitter that we have no idea if this guy's even legit, but half the shit he keeps bloody posting turns out to be true. So we're hanging off these guys every word because we're not getting news out from the club. And from that, you go, oh, immediately everyone's thought when like Durden and Lemmy are pulled, he's like, oh God, how many injuries are in the first team? Imagine how simple it is for the, for the club to literally come out immediately and say, yeah, Durden's got a whatever niggle, he, he's out. We just don't want to risk him this week. We'll, we'll, we'll assess it. Same for Lemmy. Is that hard? That takes 30 seconds. Hell, you don't need to pay me Text me the fucking info and I'll write you a bloody little article on it. I'm offering up my services for free, Carlton. Do you want me to write the injury report? I'll jump here and do a video report. But like, we're just, this club is pissing me off. It's pissing everyone off at the moment. And it's so easy to do that when we're not performing. You start to look into everything that annoys you. And I know that's what I do. And maybe that's not the healthiest way to look at this. But you've got to give us something because when one thing's not good, you notice all the others. So make sure everything else is right. Like, I don't know how many times the injury report needs to get put into this Hall of Fame at some stage. Like, how many guys are never updated on? You never find, oh, he's maybe into the skills this week. But tell us something. Hell, do you want some content from the content creators here, the, the, the media team? Hey, how about have an injury corner or something every week? Yeah, steal the navy blue corner, the injury corner. There you go. David Cunningham. Just, mate. What did he do this week? He went to Chadston and bought some jeans. Like, I don't care. Go up and see how he is. Maybe just take a video of them, buddy, getting... Yeah, okay, I've got it. I've got it. Here's an on-the-fly pitch for you. Bit of fun. Get the boys in the rehab room. They're doing weights. Put some bloody 80s music on there. Get the sweat pumping and get a bloody montage going. That's some content for you. They'd be like, the rehab group, look at them. Buddy, putting on size, getting it done. The rehab group are dominating. You get something. Find out how he's going, what he's doing in his off time, 
how he's feeling, just a bit of an update, something. But they just, they don't tell you anything. And like always, I was like, oh, he's a bit tight. Now he's like out for six weeks. Oh, we come in in round eight. How many weeks has that been? March bank. Oh, tight calf. Maybe we'll play round two. Now it's like to be decided. We have no idea when he's going to be good. There's no timeline on him. Cunningham, no idea what's going on. Jack Martin was meant to be a week. Where is he? Just give us some sort of transparency. There's so many question marks on our injury, strength and conditioning, all of that. And I just don't think they help themselves. Like it's so simple to be on the front foot, to be the one leading the narrative, to control it, to show some positive signs through, you know, in little quick interviews with, hey, how you going? How's it feeling? How's the body feeling? What are you doing? A bit of catch up, getting that personality side to it. All of a sudden people stop asking questions. We don't have a running meme of where's David Cunningham? Does this man exist? Is, is the club doing a weekend at Bernie's? Did we find someone that looks like David Cunningham, tape up his shoulder and made him play one VFL game just so everyone thinks he exists? You can stop this immediately. But the, uh, the club just chooses not to. And that's my rant for this week. I, I think um, I don't have Lockie here to do anything. So I'm just spiraling in my head. You are seeing one man just absolutely go insane, basically. I think that's what this podcast is going to turn into this year. But going back to the game, going back to the game, I'll wrap up on a couple of little things because the first half wasn't too bad. wasn't perfect, but we were getting things going our way. The issue was, for me, we were, we were it seemed like we were working really hard for our goals. And then St. Kilda Smalls had to go down and they just kept kicking these little somewhat fluky goals where it was like a crumbing snap around the corner to go in. Sometimes you can't stop those. But you need to be doing something else because, again, system, the way we're moving the ball isn't helping us. And then second half, they make adjustments. And it I don't know how everyone else felt. I don't know how everyone else felt. But for me, sitting at that game, I was never confident that we were just going to have that 10-minute burst and go on with it. It was, oh, God, when is St. Kilda going to do it? And I'm worried that it's going to happen. And it did in that third quarter. Like, we had chances and... Sometimes you don't take your moments. Silvani misses that set shot from like 10 meters out directly in front. Harry misses two easy chances. There's the game done. Game done. You weren't even playing that well, and we were still a chance because I don't think St. Kilda were bringing what we had seen previously. But we kind of we lost it ourselves rather than St. Kilda doing enough to win. And, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. You, you, you look at the bad misses, 10 behinds between Charlie, Harry, Silvani, and Cripps. Like, you just need to be better. A lot of people talk about a captain's goal from Cripps, and I think, I don't know, I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to that, but you just got to take chances. And the looks that we get in, in front of goal are 60 metres out on the wing, on the bloody boundary line. St. Kilda's are crumbing from directly in front. They're working hard, they're sprinting, and we just we just don't play a way that, that suits us. And what hurt the most in that last quarter, you're four goals down, you think, okay, there's a chance to turn this game on. What are we going to do? Can we do it? Nothing. Nothing. We did not. Going back to Anne-Marie, we were afraid to take the game on. We wanted to – we were holding the ball up, which was very interesting. I, I'm, I'm just – I'm baffled by it. That we just kept going to the wing and switching and slowing the game down. We didn't look like we wanted to take the game on. And is that what we want to play? 
Because with four goals down, <clears throat> well, geez, I'm losing my voice. With four goals down in that last quarter, eight minutes to go or whatever, you need to be like, okay, let's switch tactics and let's take this on. You're either going to lose by 10 goals or you, you get the win. And who cares at this stage what the margin is? Unfortunately, we just didn't take it on. And that's, again, another frustrating part to this saga and what that game was and why we're all sitting here now. We want to be optimistic. And I think that that's, that for me is why everyone is almost more negative because we want to believe. We want the hope. But there is, and we're looking for it everywhere. We're, we're delving into the injury list. We're delving into every conspiracy because we're looking for anything that we can hang our hat on, on this is going well right now. And currently, like that was probably the first game that I went away from. And my, this hurts me to say, and, and maybe I'm so reactionary and feel free to call me out on that. Feel free to call me out on that. But I can just be honest in how I'm feeling currently, and that's kind of where these reviews are going. And I want to be the optimistic one, but I have not seen anything this season that says, yes, we're going to be a good side, apart from our top personnel. There's been no evolution on last year in a positive way. I hope it can come. That was the first week that I, I went away from a game and I was like, they're making me not care anymore because I'm not seeing the hope. I'm not seeing the end of the line of how we're currently playing. And it's all due to system. It's all due to coaching right now. Because like we all, and maybe we're all deluded. Because I know a lot of people are saying, when does the pressure come on these players? But I think we all agree that like the players aren't 100% there. And there's issues with these players' mentality. There's issues with a lot of things. Comes down to what we saw on the weekend. Ross has come in in a few weeks, in a preseason, and six weeks of footy. And got a team that we think our list is better than. Worst case, it's similar. He's got them playing a lot better footy than we currently are. It's about getting the best out of what you have. And I don't think we're doing that. I don't think we play a system that gets the best out of what we have. So what do you do with that? Is that big changes at the end of the season to get the team playing the Voss way? Or do you adjust and find middle ground? And I think that's it. And I'm hoping Voss can see it. Someone can see it and go, we just need to adjust a little bit here. We've got some talent. We need to work it well. We need to figure out these little components to fix it. Otherwise, this list is on a clock. Cripps is 28. Everyone's getting into their peak. Charlie, Harry, these guys, they're getting into their prime. I don't want to waste that. But got another game this week, West Coast, where... God, I don't want to lose this one. Surely we can't. Surely we can't lose to West Coast. But this isn't just a get a get a win. This is the performance. I we need to see things rectified this week. And I hope we do. But yeah, that's pretty much I mean, that's really all I think all I got. And I mean, my depressed thoughts there. Um, there was one from from our man Timmy Dub. And I hate that I, I we we pride ourselves at the Navy Blue Corner to try and be the more positive podcast, the one that gives you the the light at the end of the storm, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. That's kind of what I wanted this podcast to be, that when everything's going wrong, we find something to give us that hope. Because me sitting here yelling at, a, at my laptop for an hour probably isn't the best listening. And it's probably not the best thing. And we want... 
to be realistic and talk about the bad, but we want to find the good. But Timmy Dub kind of sums up how I'm feeling right now. And he says that I've been happily married for 29 years. And so I've not experienced a broken heart in a long time. My football club broke up with me today. How do you mend a broken heart? And like that, it hurts because there's so many fans right now that you'd say are the most positive ones, the ones that when everything's going bad, almost you could call them delusional to a state of they just, they're always, they always put a positive spin on it. And I'm seeing people struggling to do it right now. I'm seeing them struggling to do it. So we need to see it. That's it. Let's put the owners back off us trying to have to be positive. Show me something positive, Carlton. There's enough talent there. Starting to get some players back. Maybe Sadi and Boyd this week. Some ball users. You've got to find ways. You've got to find ways to adjust. You knew you didn't have Sard. You know Boyd's not there. You know Doherty's not there. You're playing Cowan. You're playing Newman. You've got um, Chinkotta first game. You've got Saad. Oh, Saad. You've got Chera through there as well. It's a different look. You can't just stick to it 100% the same way. And I know maybe that goes against my talk about going for system. You've got to adjust always with the personnel you've got. I think St. Kilda are doing that. They know they don't have the tools, so they're having to play a little bit slightly more direct, quick, fast football into their forward line that works for their crumbing smalls. Watch them slightly evolve it when they get their tools back because that's just what you do. So show me something, Carlton. You need to do it. You need to step up this week. But my votes, and I'll get Lockie's votes, and then someone remind me because I need to be – hold me to account like I want this Carlton football team to be account because I – I'll write notes and I'll forget them, unfortunately. That's just how my brain works. So remind me to find Lockie's votes and we'll get up a tally this week and see who's leading our vote count at the moment. But I've given, in a very hard week to do it, I've given one to Paddy Cripps for his first half of football. Thought he was good. Thought he kept applying himself well. And I thought Walshy gets my two. Thought he was, again, just working so hard. One, trying to make something happen. And potentially, should be potentially leading this Whole thing with three votes to Adam Chair at the moment. 100th game, disappointing again that we don't get up for someone in their milestone, but that's very Carlton-esque at this stage. I thought Chera was by far our best player. And why has he become our best midfielder? Like, no blight to Chera. Like, I wanted him to step up. But we need more about the others. We need more from the others. But those are my votes. Let me know your votes as well. I didn't ask them this week. I was sort of a little bit too angry to ask for it. I really wanted more feedback, and I wanted more comments, more questions, rather than the votes. But the votes will be back win or loss this week. So hold me to account for that as well. But let's get on to something a little bit more. I don't know if it's positive. Maybe it's not. But at least maybe something a little bit more fun to finish this podcast. It is, of course, the Hall of Fame segment. I, I didn't ask you this week again. It's so hard in a loss. It's so hard in a loss. But I'll do it this week. And I'll find out Lockies for next week. For those new, the Hall of Fame segment is its trying to look at things a little bit more lighthearted, finding something this week in the world of football, hopefully Carlton-related. Maybe it's your football journey to the game, something that was funny, weird, interesting. You'll get the gist of it with kind of what gets thrown up every week. And the idea is that myself, Lockie, and we'll throw it out to the fans and we'll come up with three things to get nominated and then we'll choose one thing to get inducted each week and so we can review it at the end of the year and see who's been inducted into the Hall of Fame, but it's one of the best stings in the bloody world. One of my favorite things I've created. So let's get into this segment. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the ceremony of ceremonies. 
Straighten your tie, adjust your monocle, and raise a pinky for the Navy Blue Corner Hall of Fame. We're back, a solo Hall of Fame, a solo pod, which means it feels like a, a COVID. God, it feels like a flashback to COVID where all the things are on Zoom. But that's what we're at here. And look, I'm going to induct. We don't have any nominees. We've got one, so he's an automatic. But I don't know. This was kind of funny, and it probably sums up the week. If you can laugh at, at despair. But the inductee into the into the Navy Blue Corner Hall of Fame is the Bronx cheer for when Chera kicked the ball into the corridor this week. I mean, that sums it up. Like, we were so bereft of any corridor football, of anyone taking the game on, that... Chera, you know, they might have been the last quarter. Finally, it's probably been the first kick inside the center of the ground all day. And there's a Bronx cheer from the crowd. Like that, oh my God, that sums it up. Like that's bad. That's bad, guys. But it was funny. Like you have to laugh at it. If you don't laugh, you cry. That's kind of where I'm at at this stage. So that Bronx cheer from the crowd, oh, like I, I do like that from us. Like we're loud, we're up and about, but you can still kind of see the funny side of like when things aren't going your way. So that's what I like. Maybe that's the optimistic take. When things are shit, at least we band together and kind of suffer together. But I think that that deserves an inductee this week. But if you've got anything you wanted, drop them in the comments on YouTube. Put them in there. If you had any Hall of Fame nominations that you think there, maybe we can come to an arrangement that if something beats that, it gets inducted instead. And that'll go on the board that we'll have, much like the leaderboard for the votes, it'll be out there. And we'll get posted at the end of the season and we'll be able to reflect on all the weird, wacky moments of this year because I'm excited to see how that segment goes. But look, that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. I've somehow managed to talk for basically an hour on this by myself. So I feel like I should almost get the three votes um, selfishly myself. Um, but no, look, we'll be back at some stage throughout this week for our match build up. It's a big game against West Coast. We've got to bounce back. We've got to build on all the issues currently. Hopefully we'll have a few more back in selection. Boydy potentially, Saad potentially, Cotters maybe the week after. We need guys back. We need to keep building. Potentially without Motlop. So I don't want to get into that discussion too much. I'll save that from when we know the final outcome in our match build-up show this week. But keep your eyes peeled. Remember, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. That way you don't have to search it up. It'll be in your subscriptions when the episode's up. If you, if you listen to the streaming services, give us a like, give us a follow. Um, just while I remember, I've buried this late, but this is motivation for everyone that sticks to the end because I said, leave us a review. If you're listening to the podcast, you need to drop us a review. Get on Apple if you're on there. If you don't even listen to Apple Podcasts, get on it. Drop us a five-star review because if you give us five stars, we will read it out. We will read it out on the pod. You can say anything. Make sure it's nice, please. But if you can say something nice about the pod, and then also you can give a plug to something else. If you want to say something else at the end, hopefully I will read it out. But we've got two here, got two here. One is from I Like Potato 04, which is an incredible name. We'd love that. Five stars, amazing. Says great Carlton podcast, the best one out there. Um, so thank you for listening. The fact that you think that out of all of them is absolutely incredible. Um, it's humbling. And we just love to know that people are listening and enjoying the content. Another one comes from Sir Chumps a lot. That's another, gee, Apple Podcasts may have the best names out there. And this one is a five stars again. Must listen for any Carlton fan. It says best Carlton podcast around. Keep up the good work, boys. Go Blues. And look, I can attest that that isn't me or Lockie 
actually making these burner accounts. There are people out there that are writing these in. But it's a shout-out to anyone here that if you want a shout-out on the podcast, you want your name, you want anything, five stars, and I will read it out. Um, but, yes, that is going to wrap up this episode this week. Hopefully, it'll be more smiles next week. But, yes, go Blues. I'm sure. I'm sure. This is my optimism. This is me rambling at the end of every episode. The Ian Ramble to finish things off. We can turn this around. I know it doesn't look like it right now, but it is possible that things have got to be right. Let's hold them accountable. Let's hope that there's some selection integrity. And let's hope that Vossi and co can turn this around for our sanity and for this football club. Go Blues. See you guys next time.